0: Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. It's good to be in the booth today. One of my good friends, Thomas Milburn, who's drinking some tea, eating a burrito. We're having a good day here at Calvary Bible Church. Do us a huge favor. If you're watching us online, leave a comment below. Let us know what you're thinking as you listen to us. As well as go to calvarybible.com. Click your campus. Find out where you are and what part of the neck of the woods you reside in, and go there. Find out what's happening at your campus. I said that wrong today. Dang it! That's right. It's all right.
1: Your neck of the woods is a uh, what was Al Roker? Yeah. What do you always say that? I don't know. Like but uh, your local weather station.
0: Go to events. Click your campus because it's going to be really wonderful for you to get connected here at Calvary. Like always, like always, we're really in a season of prayer, but specifically for um, some of the youngest possible disciple makers, an opportunity there, Calvary Kids across the campuses. Um, I can't think of a better place to invest in the kingdom of God than in Calvary Kids. If I was not occupied on Sunday
1: morning... Mm-hmm. With uh, a small job, yeah, I would I would be in Calvary Kids, yeah, like probably like fourth grade boys,
0: yeah, is where I would be. A few years ago, I told this story. My life group took over the third grade room for yeah. the year. We were like, "Hey, just give it to us. We'll assign duties every week." And I literally got my booty handed to me <laughs> every <laughs> week. I was <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh, I'm getting Oh, <laughs> ah, ah, this is scary." But you know what? It was one of the best years here at Calvary. It was really fun to teach the word of God, to talk about it, to ask questions about it Mm -hmm. with those guys and girls. Yeah. I feel like
1: that's probably the maturity level that I'm
0: at. (laughs) So I'd fit right on in. Yeah. You know, I would probably go back to like the 2 year olds or three-year-old room now. And teach that because I'd be the double snack guy. (laughs) Every time they see Mr. J, like, we're getting double snacks. Have you had room temp apple juice
1: out of a Dixie cup lately? (laughs) 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 Oh, I know you wanted this. The people have spoken. They want the banter back. They want the banter. That only lasted two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) The exodus of not having banter is
0: over. Okay. This is a very genuine question, Thomas. Yeah. When is the day? That there is a 3D camera mounted in a seat at Calvary Bible Church for those who have Vision Pro goggles can attend the service without ever leaving their home. Mm. When is the day that I can preach in Vision Pro goggles (laughs) from my bed? No, just think about the implications. Like, you have a shut-in, they possibly could. Oh, I'm in, man. They would, like, sit there and they'd be, like, People around them yeah. enjoying the service. For our younger members of our audience, what are Vision Pro goggles? <laughs> for the younger members of our audience, there's the new Apple, newest Apple technology coming out. 3D, what is it, virtual reality type yeah. goggles you put on, replacing the computer, the TV someday. Nice, nice. It's pretty interesting. I mean, Meta has had this for a while with their gaming system, MetaQuest. Oh, okay. Did I I say that right? MetaQuest, right? The virtual reality gaming. And which is really cool because like you can put on goggles and then you put this monitor on like your real baseball bat. Yeah. And there's a pitcher who pitches you a ball and you swing your real baseball bat, which sounds a little dangerous unless you're in a really wide open room. Yeah. But it's supposed to mimic the real thing so that you could actually do training, like hitting balls like that. How Mm -hmm. interesting would that be? fascinating i know you're not you're not that interested i don't know i'm looking at your shirt that has
1: steamboat colorado with oh, yeah. s- ski goggles on it maybe it's and i wonder if you can actually
0: ski with the apple vision pros yeah because you could turn them off and they just be goggles but doesn't it have to yeah i don't know it doesn't have to be on that's the thing you you walk around with them turn them on and then you could like drop your computer screen right there in your vision and we're sounding really old right now, but let me ask you some
1: questions because I don't understand. <laughs> the wild. I don't think it's a clear glass though. I think it's a an artificially generated like through camera on the lens. I don't think, I think you actually look through that. I think, I think your eyeballs are, are, uh, no, graphically recreated. Yeah.
0: I feel like we're really old. We're no, like you're that, old. That. We're you like, are so old. We're like you that. don't know how technology works. What is that? It's, TV not a clear, show? it's not a
1: clear glass. It's
0: the NBC show that the morning show that they showed like the World Wide Web. What is that? You never. <laughs> That's happening right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> but no,
1: I don't think it's clear glass. That's what I'm saying. They have to generate the image on the. No, screen. I think it's clear glass, and then they all right. They listeners, fuzzy. would you please? Yeah. Totally. Write in.
0: Okay, Mark Wick says you're right. <laughs> that I'm right. Oh my gosh, man, it feels good to be right. I'm gonna go hang out with the dinosaurs <laughs> later today. <laughs> after i bit the wheel to get home. <laughs> All right. Seriously. The Let's, banter is back. <laughs> but what, what what's the day that we have a virtual reality church? Like, we're like, Calvary Bible Church is in these glasses. Not too distant future, man. Interesting. Super interesting. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> yeah.
1: It had so many questions of what is the incarnational gathering of the ecclesia,
0: right? Well, the... Those are two big words, yes. I read them. some some words today. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting like I I think there's so many benefits for this like you're shut in like I said you put those on and you can attend Calvary once again. Which would be pretty rad. Which would be
1: really rad. You're sitting there and you can see someone next to you. Yeah. So it would help for people who are unable to make it.
0: Right. Yeah. There's some benefit. It's just interesting though, you know, how do you interact with people around you, though. But wouldn't you like, I mean, so, you know, the President of the United States is given
1: the State of the Union, and you can throw on these glasses and be sitting in... Front row. Yeah. Yeah. In the house. That'd be really cool. Like, go oh, I'm sitting right next to the speaker, you know, whatever. Right. Or a football game. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't buy a ticket. You sit You buy 20 a, rows up on the 50-yard line. You buy a pass
0: to sit on 20 rows, like $20 a month, to watch football yeah. from there. Yeah, I'm interested now. Yeah, totally. Super fascinating. It'll be interesting to work... In a world where you don't need a keyboard. Yeah. I don't know what that would look like. Yeah. So. All right. There you go. There's your friendly, friendly banner. <laughs> you know what? Actually, it's a really, really I think, a appropriate segue is, you know, the promise of technology always is for more freedom, more productivity, more leisure. Yeah. In reality, usually we get more anxiety. More worry. Oh. For more, sure. More stress. Well, I think a lot of the tools are anxiety producing.
1: Kristen and I were teaching at a women's gathering about marriage yesterday. Mom cool. <laughs> and we had talked about she Kristen had shared in our little section on being present, um, how technology was keeping her from being present with kids and me early on in our in her marriage. And this is like when Instagram was started. Like yeah. I think she was like the third user. <laughs> uh, and Facebook. And so she actually got rid of all those platforms. Like she just ditched them all. Yeah. And she's never like gone back. And I think the average person in the room was like, you guys are weirdos. Mm. Like we we instantly became like unrelatable. Right. Like my 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 biggest app that I use is probably my banking app. Yeah. That's my social platform. My bank <laughs> tells me what's going on. You don't have any more
0: money again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Putting more money in.
0: But yeah. Apple Pay tells you, pay your babysitter and your friends yeah. for dinner the other night. They are
1: anxiety producing. There's a lot of things that are anxiety producing. So let's talk about anxiety. Yeah.
0: The thing is with anxiety. Yeah. Tell me, where do you feel anxious, Jay? I feel no, anxious I right now doing this podcast with you. Here's the thing. We're not the experts on anxiety. No doubt. Let's just say that <laughs> out front. If you're looking for good counsel on anxiety, there's got to be some other podcasts out there. There's a better podcast. But let's just talk about our experience. We are experts in the life of Jesus, right? Yeah. Dwelling with Him. That's part of our calling. I would hope your pastors could say that. Yeah. Um, I know that one thing that Jesus. Jesus offers freedom. Not only from our own sin, but the world freedom to live in the world around us.
1: Yeah. I would I would even have a maybe even earlier starting point of he doesn't want you to be anxious. I was going
0: to say that eventually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I think you're right, Jay. I, is, but
0: that's is that real? Like is that are we living in like fantasy land not being able to ex- you know, live in the modern world. I think there's
1: a way to do it. Honestly, I think King Jesus is so kind of benevolent that he does not want his people to live in a state of anxiety. Now, I think the caveat is part of the human condition in this current fallen state is that our bodies produce anxiety Mm -hmm. when we feel, you know, perceived or real threats in a variety of ways, big or small. Right. And some of that is actually beneficial. So there's good anxiety you might call it good anxiety. I, don't, I feel like we need a different word than anxiety. But there's, there's a chemical reaction in my body when an overlooked bill comes due and I get notification that I'm delayed. Yeah, It's like, oh, I got to pay this. And all of a sudden my body is viscerally responding to this so that I focus my energy, complete the task, and send the payment in.
0: Or if you're walking in the woods at night and you hear the snap of a... Yeah. Your body would be like like... Some, something's behind you. Something's going on, right? So all of a sudden you're feeling energy in your body. Right. That's that's a good
1: thing that keeps you alive, ke- gets you focused, allows you to accomplish tasks. The, the, the challenge is when one of two things happens. We've finished the task, that perceived a real threat is gone, and we remain in that state of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Or if we just live in a state of this angst, consciously I know constantly when it never feels too, never feels like it diminishes. Right. So like we're sitting on a beach, there's nothing to be anxious about and we still feel anxious. Mm-hmm. So, okay. what What's going on there? And I think that's where I think the Lord wants to speak into not so much on, Hey, this anxiety is happening in your body that you might focus, accomplish a task and then move forward. Right. Threats are gone now. But when we're like, what about, what about tomorrow? What about the next day? What about the next day? What about this? What if this happens? And we just start projecting all of these hypothetical scenarios that really reveal that we don't trust God for them and really reveal we don't treasure the right things because they're always producing anxiety in us.
0: People listening to this might think we're full of it. Yeah,
1: I think so. I think the average person I know would say,
0: I don't know, it's not possible to live in the world without anxiety. Yeah. And my question would be, what is provoking the anxiety and how can you bring that to the Lord? Yeah. Right? That would be the first step in all this. What does Jesus say about anxiety?
1: Well, the text we looked at in Matthew 6 is, don't be anxious about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear. I love what he says, the Gentiles chase after these things. Yeah, that's their condemnation. Yeah, the, the world is busy with these concerns. Your heavenly
0: father knows you need them, give them to you. Consider the fields, the splendor of Solomon's glory didn't match to some of the things we see in creation, right? Yeah. Check out the birds of the air. Do they worry about tomorrow? Like, that's crazy. I wonder, if you said you were going to, I think this would have been really interesting. This whole sermon, there would have been a live action of a bird sitting on a branch. When I I looked at a couple videos, that this looped, like you know, like a robin sitting there just eating a berry, yeah, just enjoying the day. I
1: think, yeah, I think that's one of the things that's so striking about the text is that it wants you to associate the feeding of the bears or the bears, the feeding of the birds, (laughs) the feeding of you, You young boys, the feeding of you to the bears. Young boys. It's got to be bears. It's got to be bears. It's, it's way cooler if it's bears, dad. <laughs> wants you to think about the feeding of the bears as the present provision of God's activity? You said life.
0: bears again. Did I? Yeah, you did. Oh, my gosh. That was great. Birds. Birds. Here's the thing. Yeah. I, I've i gotten older, right?
1: As we I get wish older. Jesus had used bears. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe the message says bears. <laughs> Maybe Eugene says bears. All right, sorry. Go ahead. You're like as I've gotten older, I feel like this is such a th- old thing to do. You like, you become a bird watcher, or a tree. The tree, your knowledge of trees goes skyrocketing, right? Yeah, or trains or something. Something. Oh man, something
1: like that, right? Let's <laughs> well, get this. Okay, so my dad, he tells, he goes, "Do you know what kind of tree that is over there?" I said, "I." branchy you know i don't know what that green, is green, yeah he's like that's a blah blah, blah ash like, oh, okay he goes how because you know what that fast food restaurant is I'm like yeah that's popeyes he's like it's amazing that you can name so many fast food restaurants <laughs> <laughs> that be, with by their logo yeah and you can't identify god's creation and i'm like why are you guys
0: be saying convicting <laughs> things man you know i it's sort of funny around the house, but I, I've gotten into bird feeders. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. Do you have hummingbirds? No. And I've seen hummingbirds in town, which yeah. blows my mind. But um, I do have bird feeders, and I love watching them in the morning. Yeah. And it's such a great reminder of this text. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a bunch of people like me who are happy to feed the birds. Like, it's a joy for them to land on that bird feeder. For me to spend money, sometimes when I run out and it has to be quick, and I'm like, I I don't want an empty bird feeder. I don't don't want them to come by and not have food. So I'll run out to King Supers and buy it overpriced so that I can have bird seed real quick. You know what I mean? Like, it's amazing to me. But it's beautiful to watch all these birds and to see the seasons of the birds and to... Check the color of the birds, and like, these are amazing creatures that we yeah don't even pay attention to.
1: No, and and the purpose of the text is that we would attribute that feeding to God's active presence in their life, and then to say, okay, look at the birds. I mean, it's not that they're lazy; it's not that they just wake up and sit in their home, put on their Apple Oculus, and (laughs) start looking for food. You know, right. But they're actually busy. They're active. What they don't do is they don't build huge barns and store all their foods. Now it's funny because you know Jesus gives an analogy, and then someone came to me and said, "Yeah, but the squirrels do." <laughs> yeah, totally. like, oh my gosh, this is totally how we take this text. Yeah. But the funny thing is, I do that with the lilies. Yeah. Is you like, look at the lilies, and we showed a picture on Sunday. It's like, have you ever seen anything beautiful like that? Have you ever made something as beautiful as that? No. And even Jesus admits, not even Solomon. Yeah. So my brain, this is how messed up I am. I'm like, so you're telling me to trust you for my dress because look at the lilies, how you dress them. But you didn't even dress Solomon that nice. Why are you going to dress me? Yeah. That's how weird I get. But that's how the purpose of the text, right? So the purpose of the text is those things are done because God is actively providing for their needs. Yeah. Therefore, you of great value being a child of God, being an eternal family member. How much more? Is he going to pay attention to the needs you have? In fact, he knows you have those needs. Right. So our anxious energy to go procure not just food for the day, but storehouses, you know, um, is not necessary. Gentiles chase after those things. People who don't know God chase after those things. Trust the Lord. Trust your heavenly Father.
0: And now, you know, you asked actually three really important questions, and I think these are questions you probably, we probably should wake up and ask these questions. Um, maybe each day ask one of them and every three days we're asking him. But like, who do you trust? What do you treasure? And what do you think about tomorrow? Like that those are really great questions. Well, I think they're Jesus' essential yeah. questions, here. yeah. But like who who do you trust? Like that's that gets at the root of like our whole identity, right? Well, I think it's it's who are you trusting? To resolve
1: anxieties, mm-hmm. so we all have them. Who do you trust? That will be the safest place to deposit your anxieties, t- so they might be reduced. And you know, in the text, it's a lot of people are trying to do that with money, you know, financial securities. And we showed a few examples of why that's actually anxiety-inducing, mm-hmm. not reducing.
0: But God is a great place to go. Right. What do you? What do we treasure? You know, like do we treasure? Money? Do we treasure people's opinions? Do we treasure mm-hmm. success? What do we treasure? And how vulnerable those things are, right? Right. So how
1: how vulnerable, or how insecure I should say, how insecure is career advancement? Mm-hmm. Super insecure. People's opinions. Yeah. So if that's what I'm trusting to reduce anxieties because I'm trying to secure my position, my identity, that's like the most insecure source to do it, mm-hmm. which is going to produce more anxiety in me. Totally. Now, are they important? Sure. Should I? Care about them absolutely. Should they be the thing I treasure? No. Yeah. Okay. So here, just random thoughts since we were in this text. Uh, I shared this with a couple people after Sunday. You know what convicted me most of Matthew six? What's up? So we're reading about all of these quick examples of don't be like the Pharisees who um pray for public approval. Don't don't be like the Pharisees who are giving their alms and charities and um, doing it publicly. Don't be like them who practice their religious duties of fasting publicly. And then over and over again it says, do this in secret, do this in secret, do this in secret. And your Heavenly Father, who you trust, sees what happens in secret and will will reward you. And it just hit me so hard to think about how in this text, this isn't just for everything about Christianity, but in this text specifically, is driving discipleship to the secret place of your life. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I have a quiet time. Daily, I'm in the Word. I have my Bible study. But that's, I mean, that's my private life, but that's not even like my secret life. And if you were to ask people about that, what's going on in your secret life? It's probably things you're trying to hide from people. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, hey, why don't you hide your devotion from the public eye where only I can see? And then I'll reward what happens in your secret life. Mm. And I thought this is this would be in its own messages. How do I? Like, he's he's connecting my discipleship to me practicing my faith in secret. What's
0: my secret life look like? Mm. That's but interesting. Anyway, random. I think you see that in the life of Jesus. So, John says we couldn't document all the things. There's not enough paper for this for Jesus Christ's story in our world, right? Mm-hmm. And part of the frustration of the Gospels is we don't know a lot, and probably the beauty of it is that that was Jesus' secret life yeah. here on earth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just encouragement to me to go, okay, first of all, do I really believe that he sees me in secret? Mm-hmm. And then how do I live in secret in my devotion to him?
0: Mm-hmm. Because that's the arena where I'm trusting him to see and reward. Right. And, you know, we we go back to, like, some of these questions Jesus asks, and one of them in the next couple weeks is, do you want to be great? Then this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And part of that is the reality is always your life has to center upon one very simple truth. That is God will work in your life if you allow him to work. And he will do exactly what he wants to do in your life if you're allowing him to do that. So he's not saying you shouldn't be great. He's saying, let me do it. Let me make you great. Yeah. Not the other way around. Not be professionally proficient at a bunch of things so I can make you great. Yeah. He's saying, no, I'll make you great. Just trust me. I know. It's it's constantly to bring your whole real self to him,
1: right? Mm -hmm. These are my heart's desires. Great, let me satisfy those. These are my anxieties. Great, let me diminish those. And so bring your real life. And so when I experience anxiousness, worry, concern about the things of the world, he says, those are my concerns. I'm concerned for you. And look at the lilies. Look at the birds. Look how I take care of them. I'll take care of you. Why don't you come and trust me with them? Yeah. So what would it look like? Let's see if we can get some practicality
0: around this. There's a prescription in this text. Okay. What does it look like to do that? Yeah. Jesus tells you exactly what he says. Okay, so... You chase off those things, owe you a little faith. Like and it's I think it's interesting because in the ESV they put in a question mark. How much he says it says, But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Owe you a little faith. It's a question to us, right? And then it he gives us the prescription, says For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So here's the prescription verse 33 of of chapter 6. You probably should memorize this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's the Mm prescription. So you want to combat anxiety? Seek the kingdom. You want to combat your worry? Live a little righteous life. Those are the prescriptions for, because that centers you back onto the reality that God's in control. God's at the center. And God's the one who provides. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, I think, I think that is the right track. Let's, let's see if we can
1: put even more wheels on it. Because I think that one of the challenges would be, if I asked you, right, we'll ask somebody, we'll ask you know, an audience member, um, question for you, What were your last activities or behaviors where you sought the kingdom of God? I think people would often say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. And so we say, hey, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of these things will be added. Great. How do you do that? And I don't know if we could even, we we don't have a clarity around that so that we could even look back in the last week or a month or a year and say, I can identify these actions in my life as actions that seek the kingdom of heaven. Mm. So what what would be specific actions that we would say? Those are kingdom-seeking actions that are anxiety-reducing behaviors.
0: Yeah, I think let's do some very public, practical ones. Get to church, (laughs) right? Be around the people of God. That's seeking the kingdom, seeking um, get around His Word. Mm-hmm. Get around having conversations with Him, asking Him, "What do you want to accomplish, Lord, today?" That's an easy. Yeah. That's a simple prayer. Yeah. Um. Praying for the things that do involve anxiety, and saying, "Lord, I need You to meet me in these." Yeah. How do How do I live differently than this reality that I'm in? What choices do I need to make? I think then you get into some deeper realities of choices or living like seeking the kingdom okay today i'm going to pick places where i can choose humility that'd be a harder practice Mm -hmm. longer that's a you have to be in some other spaces before you can choose that right yeah i'm going to choose to do some things for the kingdom in secret today that's another that's a little harder practice um those are sort of the Antidotes, yeah. What would you say?
1: No, I, I would have hit many of those. I think it's, you know, and just continue to build on that of what are the practices of the kingdom. And they don't immediately seem like anxiety reducing. So gathering with a group of people so you don't feel alone, like you said, mm-hmm. the community to, to worship together. Um, I think we, we, you know, take out a context where two or three are gathered. So I'm also there with you. It's speaking of his unique manifestation when the people of God gather mm-hmm. Um, how about this? You're really anxious about money. Go be really generous. Mm-hmm. Like Give it away. Yeah. Go uh, sell your possessions. Go sell your possessions. How about care for the needs of the poor? Mm-hmm. And as you consider their needs, being generous towards them, she just says, man, thanks for clothing me. Thanks for feeding me. Thanks for visiting me when I was in prison. And everyone's kind of like, wait, what What ministry of the kingdom did we do unto you? Mm-hmm. He says, oh, it's it's connected to how you've treated people in these positions. Yeah. And so, can you point to those position, those opportunities in your life, and say, okay, this is when I chose instead of buying the next thing that I was hoping to satisfy me, I gave it away to meet a tangible need of someone who was unclothed, who was unfed, and you know what? I feel better. Yeah. Like why? Why is this? And it's the you know it's the regular
0: practice of it. I I'm haunted by this story that I read years ago, and he doesn't even write this way anymore. He's like a leadership book guy now, but. Donald Miller wrote a story in a million miles in a thousand years. One of his later works about his friend who was there over coffee talking about his daughter was dating this, a loser guy and he didn't know what to do with his like first, you know, teen dating days. And he was, he was just devastated that she would choose such a loser to date. Right. And Donald Miller's sort of, major ideas she's not living a great story so go home and have your family live a better story and then she, because of the story she wants to live she'll stop dating this loser guy so the guy goes home and declares you know in front of the family meeting without consulting the wife we're going to get involved in orphanages and in, in this country and we're going to do this you know and his wife like we are <laughs> like i didn't know <laughs> we didn't talk about this and it end up a few years later, like, the family came around something bigger than themselves, a story bigger than themselves. And, of course, the girl stopped dating the loser boyfriend because she was like, well, you're not living a great story, and I want to live a great story, and this is helping me, mm. you know, by doing the orphanage care with my family. And it's just reminding her, like, when we talk about the kingdom of God, choose to live a better story. Like, do you want... When you get your update every week in your phone of your screen time, do you want to waste seven hours of your week on Instagram? Seven hours times 52 times over 70 years? Like, do the math, Mm -hmm. you know? There was an interesting study that came out recently that said um, that the average teenager will spend 25 years of their life on their phone. So wait, wait, wait—that can't be real. So you said the average teenager right now, by the time they die, will spend about twenty-five years. Okay, I was like, wait—they're only seventeen years old. How they spend twenty-five years anyway? They'll spend about roughly around twenty-five years on their phone. You're like, that's a lot of your life. Like, do you want that story?
1: I gotta do the math on that. (laughs) Yeah, it's that, super
0: interesting. He did it in dots. I'll, yeah. I'll send it to you. It's yeah, really yeah. interesting. He talked about bed, sleep, how much you'll spend in sleep, yeah. work, just daily activities, and then how much they're projected if their rate of what they're doing now yeah. continues. I think
1: that'd be the question: is okay. So where do you find the source of your anxiety? I'm scrolling. I'm envious. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm getting nervous about my own life. Okay. Well, that just seems like an anxiety-inducing activity. Yeah. Let's let's eliminate that from my life, like you're saying. Let's let's, let's push pause on that. Yeah. So what are the activities that don't seek the kingdom of heaven? Why is that anxiety reducing? Is because the kingdom of heaven is secure, certain, unshakable. It's where Jesus says moth and rust do not destroy. Right. They they can't access your inheritance. Right. And so because it's so secure, it begins to secure my soul right. because my treasure is secure because the one I trust has secured it. And so all of a sudden, oh man, the way in which I view life becomes a little bit less anxious. Right. Which I think it leads to that last question you brought up. What do you think about tomorrow? Yeah, and today's troubles are enough for today. I love what it said. What, I can't, I don't have the text in front of me. Oh, uh, I have it right here. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. That right there is like tomorrow is already anxious for itself. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like you don't have to be anxious for it. If oftentimes I find that I'm when I'm when I'm most anxious, you know what I'm trying to do ultimately control tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a weird thing it's like I know I have no control over this event or what's going to happen in 10 years. And so because I feel so out of control, I feel like the only way I get to participate in any form is to at least be anxious about it.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> like, that's right. And then I love what he says, how how has being anxious added a single hour to your life? Meaning Okay, so you've been anxious about it because if I'm not anxious about it, nobody's anxious about it, and right. someone should at least be anxious about it, right? Shouldn't we at least be anxious about this issue that we can't control? And he's like, how is that working for you? Mm-hmm. Has that added longevity to your life? And I love that Jesus asks that 2,000 years ago, and then our modern health society is like, hey, do you know what really kills you? <laughs> <laughs> Anxiety. Like if, It destroys you, you. It destroys you. Yeah. This, will, this will kill your physical health. Yeah. Is anxiousness. This will age you faster They're than like, smoking. And so it's just, you know, I love, you want know some fun pictures to look at our presidential pictures of when they start oh and my end goodness. terms. That's so interesting. is fascinating? Yeah, it is
0: so interesting. They're Tells like, you the weight of that <laughs> job. I'm sure it's like, holy cow, what <laughs> are we doing?
1: Yeah. So there, there, there's a physical manifestation of the weights and concerns and troubles of the world. Yeah. And Jesus says, how's that going? Is that adding, is that
0: adding longevity? Is it adding quality? No. Why are you doing it? So I want to do a practice. Prescription and practice for this week. Okay. What's the one thing you wish everyone at Calvary Bible Church would do this one week? Ask me to these help. questions before we're on the spot. No, for anxiety this week. To help answer this question. Why are you so angry? We said practice? Yeah. That we
1: started with? Give them one practice. Um. I. I would do this is I would begin to write them down. I would journal them. Mm-hmm. So whenever I feel the anxiety coming, I would try to articulate what I'm feeling and why I'm afraid or why I'm troubled or why I'm whatever
0: in the most honest way possible. So this week, you want people at Calvary, if, when the moment comes, they pause, and they find a mechanism to write it down.
1: I think they could, yeah, they could text it to themselves or whatever. And it needs to be in the truest sense. It can't be like, I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. Don't write that. Write, I'm afraid that I'm troubled, that I'm worried if. And write it exactly, even if there are words that you feel like are inappropriate. Like you say the truest expression of what you're believing at that moment. Mm -hmm. And write it down. And then that would turn into a practice of, Heavenly Father, this is my story. This is my current story. Would you, and I think this is the practice, would you tell me, would you remind me of your story? Mm -hmm. So this is my story right now. Would you remind me of your story? Because great is thy faithfulness. So remind me of, that's what history is, is his story. Remind me of your story. Maybe it's in God's word of how he's been faithful before. Would you remind me of your story even in my own life? Tell me again how you've been faithful before, how you've carried me through. And then, Lord, would you reinterpret my story? That would probably be what I would start with. Mm -hmm. So write it down as honest as you possibly can. And then give it to the Lord in prayer. This is my story. Would you remind me of your story? And then would you reinterpret my story in light of yours?
0: That's really good. Do you want to offer another one? I would say this next week, on the hour of every hour you're awake, that you would pause for a few seconds and say the Lord's Prayer. Because you were talking about that. Yeah, daily bread daily bread and that this you would have one week that you would have 10 to 16 hours depending on how long you're up all day 18 hours 20 hours whatever it is you have 20 times you pray the lord's prayer times seven and see what what changes out of that yeah those are the the, i think i love your practice i think it's very doable what was the other one you want to give a script
1: A practice and a prescription?
0: Oh, yeah. that's. I mean, I guess they're the same. Okay. Yeah, just something for those who are listening or watching the podcast today can go, I can do that this week and see what changes. Mm -hmm. See where the Lord, where the kingdom of God flourishes in you, through you, Mm -hmm. just for one week on
1: anxiety. Because that's it, right? I mean, we cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for us. Yep. Present with him your anxieties so that he might return to you. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Like you you should be anxious. Yeah, I'm not.
0: What is that? I'm experiencing the peace of God. Hmm. That's really good. All right, Calvary. You heard it from us. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. If you have questions about anxiety or some some rabbit trail that we hit today, some tangent, let us know. You can always write us at the weekly, or you can show notes or the comments at YouTube. Just let us know that you're watching that you have a question for us. We're in a great series, Questions Jesus Asked, right? That's it. This Sunday is a great question. What's this Sunday? This
1: question is, why are you so quick to see the faults of others? Whoa.
0: That's a good question. It is a good question. All right, people. We're also praying for you, All like always, praying that we would be a people that live differently than the world around us. And that would be demonstrated well, I, I hit the wrong one that would be demonstrated in how little anxious or in little anxiety we live in day to day here at Calvary alright be Peace. free like the bears <laughs>